Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Sitting across the living room from me today, Mr. Tyler Bank. Welcome to the show, buddy. It's an honor. I can't believe that it's taken 93 episodes to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not insulted or anything. <laughs> you, uh, you are one of the few people in town who were around for like old school, like original Nashville Tour Stop. Yeah, it was day one. I remember meeting you at you Nashville Tour Stop. You probably played one of the first two shows. Yeah, and I used to book it. Yeah, 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 you did. I did. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that you helped book it back in the day. But me and Phyllis are delighted to have you here in the house. Phyllis is so cute, by the way. Isn't she? She's maybe the cutest dog I've ever seen. So cute. We talk about her every episode now. Like, it's just part of it. We just have to talk about how cute the dog is. Know if I'm going to talk about anything but (laughs) Phyllis. Phyllis is so cute. Yep, she's so cute. But uh, I told you before we started recording that we always start our episodes the same way, uh, regaling the tale of how I met the guest. And you are one of the few people I actually remember meeting in Nashville, which sounds horrible. But would you tell us the story of how we met from your side, I guess? It's not horrible because you meet so many people, but... I remember meeting you. It was my first night in town. You might not even know this, but it was my first night in town. Oh, I didn't I, know it was actually your yeah. first night. I went to Belcourt Taps. R.I.P. <gasps> Keep going. Yeah. And you were playing in a duo. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you were in a duo? I do. Oh, DRD. We've talked DRD? about it before. Yeah. You were in a duo. You were playing. Very impressive. Y'all had some great chemistry. And then I was this nervous, just moved to town. And I still am kind of this didn't nervous. did your mom introduce us? Yeah, yeah. My mom probably <laughs> my went mom up and talked to you and was like, come <laughs> so yeah, we met after y'all performed and I was like, you guys are so good. And then I got to play um, and you guys saw me play and you, me and Chris, we all talked mm-hmm. and it was my you first night over the town. weather, right? Yeah, I played over the weather. My gosh. Yeah. An old what a, school what a classic. classic. Thank you. Yeah. Met you on your first day in Nashville. Yeah, I don't, first night. I mean, there's probably other people who I've met early on, but I don't know if I've met people literally like within 24 hours of them setting foot in town. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was amazing. Honestly, I was so lucky because um, I probably met 25 people that I still know <laughs> my first night in town. So That was a special bar. We talk, we've talked about Belcourt a lot on the podcast before, RIP. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot, and it really was just a hub of folks who wanted to make friends. Yeah, I miss it. It was the place where everybody knew each other. It was like Cheers. Where it was everybody totally like Cheers. knows your name. And... Uh, <laughs> Now I feel like maybe Sonny's in Germantown is becoming the next, but it's it's uh it's not there yet because Belcourt was special and it had this magic that when you walked in you knew you'd know someone, you knew you'd see yep. the, uh, and the owner. It was, and it was like the least pretentious bar of all time. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was great. And I remember meeting so many people that I write with to this day there, um, you included, and. Uh, yeah, I'm grateful for that place, and I hope it comes back. Although, it's a dumpling house now. It's a dumpling yeah. house now. So I forgot if, about that. if you're that. ever interested in grabbing some dumplings. Man, you just go grab some dumplings, walk <laughs> in with our guitars, and say, hey, yeah. we were we have a round booked here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, this isn't Belcourt Taps. You're like, Google says 2117 Belcourt Avenue. This is the address. Like, we should bring our no, guitars. No, no longer. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not the same, but I do want to try it because I do like dumplings. So I do like dumplings. Anybody so listening, if you want to get dumplings, let me know. Well, let's see. You moved here in 2018 when we met from 
where in New Jersey? I'm from Short Hills, New Jersey. Short Hills, New Jersey. Yeah. Now, I know there's a point of contention amongst a lot of New Jerseyans. Is Central Jersey a real place? Uh, to me, it's it's not. I've <laughs> I've just been like a Northern and Southern Jersey person. It's so small. Yeah, I don't I don't consider Central Jersey to be its own thing. I got North and South. And I'm more of a rival to me. It's it's New York, New Jersey. Oh. I've got a lot of pride against uh, you know New How Jersey over New York. How far away from the city were you? I was about 30 minutes growing up. So oh, I would take you're the train very in. close. Yeah, to New York. took the train in, and I'd go in, hang out in the city. We would try to. We did the New York City hot dog challenge, where we would try to go in <laughs> to New York and eat a hot dog and come back before just, just lunch for the hell ended. Of it. <laughs> before lunch ended at school. So. Let's see, you moved here in 2018, but you came by way of Los Angeles, right? Yes. What How were you, you doing out in L.A.? I was, I was uh, working for Nestle. Actually, okay. I'm wearing a Nestle shirt. Um, <laughs> I was working for Nestle at the time, and it was just a job job, and I really wasn't doing music there. And then a, a year or so in, I started doing a country cover band out in L.A., and then I played some of my original stuff for my buddy who was in the band, and he was like, this is pretty good. And <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. So... Uh, I kind of got this writing bug and then took a trip to Nashville for Tin Pan South and I was hooked. I was like, was I got to move 2017 there. Was, 2018? That was 2018. I moved so you, right wow, after. You moved oh, really yeah, dude, quick. Once I took a trip to Nashville and saw. You fell in love. What it, oh, how could you not? Yeah. So what? who did you see in Tin Pan South? It was Jeffrey Steele. Nice. Great start. And, oh, yeah, dude. He played Knee Deep. <laughs> and uh, he played something to be proud of, and I was like, "Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm moving." <laughs> that's awesome, and you yeah. just you just uprooted. Yeah, uprooted. I mean, I didn't even say goodbye to my friends back in LA. No, um, no, I had You're great just like, friends I'm gone, out there too. But I uh, I did love my time out there. But it was just uh, it was time to. How to long go did you live there? Three years. Wow, I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah. Were you over the weather? <sighs> you were over the sunny in '75. No, that that song is more of a metaphor because I now that I live in Nashville, I would love some of that sunny and seventy five weather. Although right now it's a little chaotic out in dude, it is LA. oppressively hot here, and we're about to get another one of those heat waves. I'm not ready for it. Yeah, it's so I hot today. I don't look good in shorts. I disagree. I'm looking at you with shorts right now. I would disagree with that assessment. Well, not bad. Thanks. Yeah, I don't love exposing my pasty upper thighs though. <laughs> but the days of doing the whole like super long like like cargo shorts yeah i can't get away with that now like it's not 2009 we're not in high school anymore i get made fun of for the shorts i wear all the time <laughs> i wear a lot of big pocket shorts deep pocket deep shorts pockets because it's good to have pockets it's great having pockets yeah. i also don't need to carry anything around anymore like i have my keys and my cell phone and my wallet but what else am i going to carry around my palm pilot oh man remember my pda those. <laughs> remember brick breaker Oh my that god! Was the best yes, game brick ever breaker. made. Yeah, dude. On a Did you have a BlackBerry? Yeah, I had a BlackBerry. That's one of those old school phones, which I remember being in like high school and being able to text under the table, just like I'm really focused on this class right now, but I'm also texting a girl. <laughs> we we used to take our we used to take our Game Boys to. to class. I never took my Game Boy to school, but I definitely had. A game on my TI-83 calculator. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the calculator games? Yep. Those, talk about a giant clunky device. Like, also, we used to type 8008135. Dude, oh, I've been wanting to write a parody song, which maybe you'd be a good person to write yeah. a parody song with. Um, do you know the Tommy Two-Tone song, Hey Jenny Jenny, 8675309? Of course. I want to do a parody of it. It's Eight zero zero eight one three five, and it's just about boobies <laughs> <laughs> to the tune of eight six seven five. Oh, I love it. I have had that idea for ages, 
and you can't steal it. You can't steal it, listeners. But I, I think you'd be a fun person to write parody music with. Let, let them try to write it better than you yeah, and I let's are try about to write, to write this. They can try. <laughs> We're going to write it Coley better. Kohler can try to do it. Oh, Coley, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, so let's see. You and I have written tons together over mm-hmm. the years. Um, let's let's talk about your, your songwriting because you, you have put out music of your own, but I know you write constantly. How many, how many writes a week are you doing right now? Ooh, I try to write every day. I mean, if I'm not co-writing, I'm, I'm writing by myself, but I do have co-writes pretty much every day, and I'm trying to write with as many artists that I believe in and I enjoy spending time with as I can because what else am I doing? It's my favorite <laughs> thing to do, so a lot. So I guess it's one of the questions. It's maybe just one of the thousand avenues we could fall down today. But mm-hmm. are you trying to go more the songwriter route at the moment rather than the artist route? Yeah. I mean, it's to me what I love to do the most. So I also love performing. I also love uh, being an artist. And I played a show recently at Santa's Pub, which was really fun and mm-hmm. exciting, more of an artist type of showcase. But most of my time is writing because it's my favorite thing to do. And I feel like it's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's cool. So, yeah, I, Let's I would see, say at this writing. point, how many cuts have you gotten as a songwriter? Uh, I've had a lot. Like, I'm, I'm in the 20s at least Dang and um, still going. Yeah, you got one from me. Yes, I do. Yep. Is it still the theme song? The theme song? song of our podcast. Let's go, How did let's I go. not start the episode yeah. with that? Me and Tyler mm-hmm. wrote our theme song. Let's go. Yeah. That was I, uh, one of the first songs we wrote together, I think. It was definitely one of the first ones. I'm still I'm glad you you guys are still using it. That's awesome. It's been the theme song for Am 93 I get episodes. Am I going to check at some point for that? Or how does that work? How does the money break? I don't know how it works. <laughs> because if, if I'm supposed to be paying it, should I also be getting paid as the songwriter? Yeah, I, I don't know how money and music works. So <laughs> anyway, but let's go. So yeah, I guess maybe that counts as two cuts or a cut and a sync placement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'll take anything. At this. I'm just happy to be on right now. Yeah, I can't believe that I had just skipped over the fact that you wrote the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> with you, with you, with and me. Do you still play it out? I I still play it out every now and then. Mm-hmm. I don't perform too often right now. Yeah, uh, but I do still perform it out every now and then. And it's funny doing not comedy music because I went down the millennials are dumb comedy song yeah. route for so long that the whole little like group of people who come to tour stop now don't know that I have serious music. That's and what I know you from. That's it's what funny, you know me from. Because you kind of pivoted into, so is your focus now more the silly songs? At the moment it is, but I've been coming back into yeah. the serious music. Just I, I ran out of steam on a lot of the funny stuff. And I got like, it's a brain space you have to have as mm-hmm. a songwriter to, to write a specific kind of song. And if you don't have that mentality at the moment, it's hard to throw yourself into a like a, a sad song. Like, man, if I'm not feeling sad, I'm not going to be as effective at writing this song as if i was feeling sad totally dude i remember we played around recently where you played your chipotle song <laughs> and i ruined it because i was already la- i knew it was a funny song but you set it up in, in so well that it's not and i'm like already laughing 10 seconds in and people are looking at me like why is he laughing it's, a, it's a love song because I'm like, I'm i promise it. that it's a love song i do have real feelings <laughs> and i say that it's it's about the first love of my life yeah and then people are like oh 
and I'm just cracking up already. Like, I think love is funny, which it is funny as a concept <laughs> if you really think about it. But that's not why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I know you're going to have a giant burrito in verse two or whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's, I, have, I wrote one of the most inappropriate lines in a song that I think I've ever written into that one. And it's the beginning of verse two when I say, oh, gosh, what are the words? Uh, when I'm waiting in line, all I can think about is putting twice as much of your meat into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and you get away with it. I can get away with yeah. it. And it's so much fun setting up a song as not a comedy song and yeah. then delivering that first joke. And people are like, oh, it makes sense now. <laughs> and who doesn't love Chipotle? So when did you first start songwriting? Whew. Probably towards the end of high school. Okay. I, I think I realized that I wasn't going to make the NBA. I was a, a big basketball <laughs> you player. You weren't going to be an NBA player? Yeah. I mean, Did you for, play ball in co- or not in college, in high school? In high school. And you then did. I started to get towards the end of high school, and I was going to Penn State, so I was like, I don't think I'm playing there either. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of what a good basketball school. Um, I was a point guard. Okay. And I still am. I play all the time. It's like my favorite thing. You just I, play, I was you about play to recreationally say, now. I play recreationally. I, like, I play pickup. I've played some, some leagues cool. out here and stuff. But uh, I just realized that at the end of high school, I was like, I got to do something else. And I started playing guitar. And I felt like it was a great way to express myself and all the feelings I had of going away to college and stuff. <laughs> so I started writing and mostly on my own and then started co-writing a little bit in L.A., and then Nashville, it's been full on. What co-writing. is the experience between LA co-writing and Nashville co-writing, or like how has that been different? It's definitely different because it's just harder to find a community. You can do it, um, and I think I'd be better at it if I was there now than I than when I was just there. Just because you you know the ropes a little bit. I do, but just right off the bat, when you moved to Nashville, or when I moved. I met 25 people my first night at Belcourt. That that kind of thing's hard to the do in LA. To, to find people who want to do the exact same thing. They're everywhere. And that's a good thing because you can kind of find your community and rise together. Out there, you can find it, but you got to look for it a little more, I, yeah. I, I felt. And, it's a uh, way bigger city. Just way bigger. It's more spread out. Yeah. And there's there aren't writer's rounds. Like in, Inherently, the writer's round allows for people to mm-hmm. see who they like connect with them, go right up and say, hey, let's write sometime. A that friend of mine awesome. named Greg Gilman, he's in a band called Greg and Good Company. Mm. He runs a writer's round. Man, I heard my own accent there. Writer's <laughs> round. Oh, <laughs> no. Missouri accent. And writer's there. round. He runs a round in Los Angeles now. Mm. And That's great. He and I were talking about it, and he said, yeah, man, the whole reason I run this round is because I was inspired by your round at Belcourt. And I was like, I'm, I'm influencing the... The music scene in a different city. You are across the country. It's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, it's neat. Yeah, because I know another person uh, started around up in Seattle because of seeing a tour stop show. There you go. So it's proof that Nashville might be a little bit more important than people are giving it credit for. I think so because we really do just have a really hungry crew of really nice people. Yeah, people who just want to be your friend. Yeah, it's really rare. Um, It would have been probably not the same if your parents had introduced you to somebody in Los Angeles. Like, meet my boy. He just moved here. And we were just like, all right, come hang out. Have a PBR. I think there's a competitive atmosphere in L.A. for sure. Mm -hmm. And there is a collaborative as well. But 
the collaborative is the first thing you see when you move to Nashville. It's the first thing you, you get off the plane or you drive here and you just see a bunch of people that want to work together and grow together. And that's pretty, that's pretty rare to have a city where there's people that even if it is for their own interest, they realize that like doing it together is the right. best way to do it. So who was your first cut within Nashville? Uh, my first cut was Jade Gibson. Jade yeah, Gibson. Yeah, she lives in Australia. She and played she, Tour Stop not too long ago. She was back in town for a couple yes. of weeks. She's still one of my, my closest friends to this day. She lives in Australia. She was just here, like you said. But at the time, she was living here because she went to Belmont. Mm-hmm. And we wrote a song called Till We Fly. And she released it, and that was my first cut. That's cool. Yeah. No one ever forgets their first cut. No. My first and only cut was with S.J. McDonald. With uh, Stop Sending Me Love Songs. Great song. That's your only cut? That's my only cut I've let's ever gotten. Let's get you some more cuts. I, let's get me some cuts. <laughs> I, I really quit trying to get cuts when I realized I didn't really want to be a, an artist. Yeah. At, at least at this point in my life. like The career with Tour Stop is fulfilling me in all of the creative ways that I was looking for when I first moved here. And I do miss the writing process and I miss playing shows. Yeah. But the the brain space I'm in right now I don't think would be conducive to releasing music because I have stuff done and ready to put mm, out. I didn't know that. I do, but I don't want to just put another song out on Spotify and release it to the ocean of mm-hmm. of music out there. I would like to make sure that if I put put music out, I would want it to be like a whole... My new identity as an artist. Mm-hmm. Me, like, I'm trying to do this again. I don't just want to throw it out and say, eh, forget about it. It's there. I totally relate to that from, uh, to answer your question from earlier of songwriting versus being an artist. I do feel like if I'm going to put stump- something out, I want it to say something. I want it to say something that I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just speak for the, for the purpose of, as we're on a podcast, right. I don't want to just speak for the purpose of speaking. <laughs> I want to make sure that it's something that I connect with and it's something I believe in and I'm doing what I can to, to make something you know, happen with it. So I totally relate to that. I will compliment you and say that I remember when I moved here, this tour stop was so small. It was a baby. It was a baby. It was like a startup. And it has just grown, and I'm really impressed with all you've done with it, and it's your organizational skills that are impressive, and it's your hustle, and you're connecting with so many people. You've had so many people on the podcast before me. It's cool, whatever. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm just excited to be on here, and I'm excited to see how much you've grown and to see the future of Tour Stop. So There's a, keep it up. Well, I appreciate the, yeah. uh, the compliment, keep man. Keep it up. It's, it's been really fun getting to grow into the town, because we were both just kids when kids. we moved here. Let's see, you were 24? Uh, yeah, I was 24. I was 24. You've done your research. <laughs> that's how old, that's how old I was when I moved here too. Yeah. We were just, we were just kids and it's, it's crazy how, when we were just like, Oh, I run this little writer's round at this one tiny bar. And you're like, I just wrote my first few songs in Nashville. And like, here you are now with dozens of cuts and me putting on tons of shows. Like it's cool getting to grow into the city together with your, like your class. Yeah. It's probably the best part about being here, right? Oh, yeah, because all of our friends, thats I think that's what you were saying to the point of like Nashville being so collaborative is when we get whatever it is, something good, we don't just want to take off. Yeah. We're like, all right, and all my little friends, hold on. Yeah. The rocket's going off. Let's go to space. <laughs> yeah, it really wouldn't be fun without yeah. your friends. You it's know? no fun getting to the top of a like Mount Everest by yourself. You're no. like, cool, I'll high five myself, smack. And then it's way cooler if you're like, Tyler, we fucking did it, man. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. So what is your uh, songwriting process like when you are sitting down into a, maybe let's, let's 
target it with a a new co-write somebody you have not mm. written with before what's your what's your process look like are you immediately coming in with a list of ideas or a list of hooks or a list of like musical ideas mm-hmm. or is it just let's chat and see what happens i mean you know me i'm probably going to talk for six hours and not write a song that day. I feel like my process is, is getting to know people and connecting with people above everything else. And if we write the song, I look at that as a nice bonus. Cause you have to get to know people before you can be vulnerable and write a song Agreed. with them and, and really pour your heart out or let them pour their heart out. And so I want to talk to people and get to know them. And I've had so many first writes where we haven't uh, people can write in if there's an option to write into this podcast and say <laughs> that they agree because we've, I've had rights where I've just talked about a, a favorite artist of who I'm writing with for an hour or three hours or five hours and we don't talk about anything else. So that and happens all the time. That's, that is one of the nice things. I don't want to make it sound bad, but you're really disarming. You're thanks. I think you immediately make people feel comfortable and safe. Like it's, it's, you've never felt at least to me, like you were just out to get something. When I started talking to you that first night, I didn't immediately feel like, oh, this dude just wants to play a show. You're like, I just want to have a friend. <laughs> and that's really one of the things that I've tried to do with myself is like not make everything about business. And it shouldn't be. Make it about friendship. That was yeah. the corniest thing I've ever said. Well, <laughs> it's recorded, hopefully, right? <laughs> At least the corniest thing you ever said is recorded now for all to hear. No, it's true, though. I totally agree. And I feel the same way about everybody that I want to work with and collaborate with. I don't want to. I mean, we know those those people and, and we get those vibes where people want something. As, mm-hmm. I mean, it's OK to want um, and they're friendship like looking, and They're looking at you, but they're looking like through you Past to you. see who else is there. That's my pet peeve when you're looking like over somebody's shoulder. Yeah. And oh, dude, I hate it so much. Who are you looking so for much. over there? <laughs> it's like, just look at me in the eyes yeah. for 90 seconds. It's not hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I really genuinely, I remember when we met, I just, I liked your music. I needed friends. I wanted to connect with you, with you and I wanted to help book the event because it's a way to meet people and... It's fun, and I mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of something that I loved going to. I, I was going there anyway, so you I was were like, there why? all the time. I was there every week, so I was like, why not book it and why not meet <laughs> the people that are there? And and uh, so I didn't really want anything other than that. I and think that's so, one of the biggest differences between the scene six years ago and the scene now. Yeah, is I don't see, and it, it's probably literally just growing up. For I mean, I'm almost thirty now, and I think you've already turned thirty. No, not I'll be, quite. I'll be thirty soon, but but yeah. it's. When we were 24, we did have the energy to go out all the time and be at the same places all the time with the same people all the time, listening to the same stuff, drinking the same yingling, the same PBR. And I'm a little sleepier now. My knees start hurting a little faster than they used to. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But I don't, I absolutely do not regret the time that I spent doing those things. No. It makes me appreciate it more now that I don't do that. It's a great point. Yeah, there isn't really a year I look back at like I I didn't enjoy it and there was wasn't something I learned from it. And so those Belcourt years, man, I I think I did enjoy them when we were in them, but I'm like, man, I really hope I didn't take a second of that for granted because that was special and we it was probably a special didn't time. Know, till the shower curtain went up. That was a little strange. <laughs> We can admit that. <laughs> well, let's see. You've been here for five years. What are some of the most dramatic changes you've seen in your own style or your own process from when you first moved? You know, it's cyclical in a sense because I started playing a lot of writer's rounds when I moved here. 
And then I kind of stopped playing them and said, like, I need to focus on writing. And now I'm playing them again. So, yeah, it's, I, I, I find that um, it's like different eras almost. To quote Taylor Swift, I'm in a. a, a <laughs> you are you are more than welcome to quote the Queen of the World on our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to uh, to the early times again with playing more rounds and stuff because there's certain things that keep me going, and I'm realizing like it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. to try out your stuff, and I, it I just keeps stuff fresh, and that's one of the reasons why I think we enjoy doing these things yeah. is because if you do go play the same writers round and play the same three songs every night, mm-hmm. it does start to get a little stale. So then you go right a thousand new songs and then you play a bunch of them at all of these shows again mm-hmm. and it makes it fun again mm-hmm. like the the performance anxiety of oh are they gonna like this one yeah i i did miss that a lot and that's one of the reasons why i quit playing as well yeah was because i hadn't written new music in ages uh-huh. and people just they liked it the don't invite me to your wedding song the dad bod song like haha we love it we sing along but you're like we've heard this a hundred times but then all of a sudden, I played a song that I wrote with Colin Rowe uh, in 2019. I just randomly was like, I'm going to play this song tonight. And then my buddy, Alex Amato, producer of our podcast, mm-hmm. he was like, bro, that song fucking rocked. What song was it? It's a song called Wouldn't Be So Bad. Mm. And I don't think you've ever even heard it. No, I'd love to hear it. Because me and Colin wrote it the night that we tracked Millennials. Mm. I was at his old house in Laverne. And we recorded Millennials in his office with, like, a mattress and a blanket. And all of the percussion on it was just beats on the guitar. But after that, we were just hanging out. And we just started jamming. And then all of a sudden, a song happened. We were in that, I guess, that right headspace. That whatever, whatever was happening, we were connected. And we just wrote that song. And then we tried playing it one time at Belcourt. And I messed up and played it in the wrong key. And he couldn't sing it, and I biffed the words, and it just crashed and burned. Oh, my gosh. So I was kind of scared of playing it for so long, but I resurrected it and resent him like a new work tape. And he's like, bro, this actually, this song is fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and songs can get new life. I was just going through my catalog today, actually, because I've lost some songs in in making my catalog. And um, we're so like onto the next song, I feel like here that we can lose stuff, but then you bring it back and you play it and people are, are reacting to it. And you're, you're like, you're oh, like, oh this is I... what we wrote it for. Yeah. Why that, did I retire that emotion. This? Yeah. <laughs> I was going through my catalog as well, looking at the songs that you and I had written and I had forgotten. We wrote a song called lonely neon nights. I remember that one. And I was like, damn, we, we really had some magic going there mm-hmm. for a while. Like every song that we wrote was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And gosh, let's see what were some of the others we wrote. What you're drinking? What's uh, your drink? I remember uh, "Ready When You Are." Oh, that was a fun oh, one. "Ready When You Are." That was a really good one. Whenever you decide um, to put your the lips one we wrote on with uh, Coley Kohler. Yeah. Uh, turn this bar into a beach. Or, yeah. <laughs> we we had a lot of really good ones, and I'm sure there's a ton more that we can't think of now. But uh, let's see. We recorded one of your singles in your apartment, right? That's how we grew up. Yeah, yeah, we did that with Zane Parmeter and Colin Rowe. Just another one of those DIY setups. Yeah, shout out to Aaron Schilb for playing the the solo the on that. So we grew You can go I listen think I to it the now. Bass guitar on that too. Yeah, you did. You played a bunch <laughs> of stuff on it. We recorded it at my apartment, and the uh, the security officer at my apartment came up and knocked oh on the door. Oh my god, I remember like, that. Y'all are too loud. We got a noise complaint. Um, but you guys sound great, so keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten the security came up that night. Yeah. But I mean, we were all pretty like we had we had had quite a few beers. 
Yeah, Yinglings specifically. Yeah, I remember that really well because I mean, part of the song is the uh, like yeah, opening the, the beer, the opening of the can. Yeah, the That's opening right. of the can. Zane, shout out to Zane Parmenter for opening a can. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we had a big collab on that song. Big Everybody collab. got a little bit. Colin Rowe, shout out for <laughs> producing the whole thing. That was a fun, fun day, and it's nights like that that are just. They'll go down in like my core memories yeah. of like some of the best days of my life in early Nashville. And I know there will be many more to come. But before we get into all of the sure. new good stuff to come, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come <laughs> right back on the podcast with Mr. Tyler Bank. back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, joined today with Mr. Tyler Bank, Jersey native by way of LA, now parked right here in my living room in Nashville, Tennessee. Tyler, thank you for joining us today. It's an honor and a privilege. (laughs) We've been talking a lot today about songwriting and the process, and I would love to pick your brain more on why you write the way that you do because there's so many different ways that we do it and i would love to know how like especially with some of these artists that you have songs coming out with how you are maybe curating a right to a specific person because if you're writing with me you're probably going to treat it differently than if you're writing with somebody for the first time or if you're writing with somebody who you have written with multiple times or maybe have multiple cuts with you might treat it a little bit differently. So let's talk about some of the songs you have coming out soon. Uh, who are who are some of the artists you have been working with lately? Well, I work with a lot of artists, um, and I'm really grateful for that and for all of them. Um, I have some cool stuff coming out with Maggie Baugh, which I'm really uh, thrilled about, and we've got some some stuff that I'm really proud of, and Paige Rose, and who you know. Yes, um, great friends of the show. Yeah, and so for me, I just want to get in the room and and figure out what the artist is trying to say and contribute to their to their vision and and try to get my thoughts in there as well and I but I really want the artist to be proud of what they record and I want to be a part of um their journey and and help them tell their story so that's to me my biggest goal is to make the artist shine and so sometimes that requires you know having a, a little bit less of an ego and saying if the artist wants to say this that's what they want to say and I'm I'm totally happy to be a part of that and make it as as strong as possible in, in helping them tell that story. So that's so kind of my, my two cents. You have a song with Paige Rose, who yeah. we've done an episode with. Yeah, I love Paige. I forget exactly which number. It was a, a little while ago, but Paige Rose had a new single coming out, or just come out, called Trouble. Yep. But your song with her is called what? Well, the one that's coming out is called More Than a Bar. More Than a Bar. And I don't know exactly when it's dropping, but... And um, that one was written about Belcourt Taps, correct? Yeah. So special that place. We, Can you we were tell very us about emotional. that, right? Do you <laughs> remember emotional. anything about that, right? Yeah, I wrote it with her, Tom Pino, and John Frank, and so we basically wanted to kind of retell the story of of that bar and um, kind of how we all would go there on Sundays because of Nashville Tour Stop. There is a Sunday night shout out thanks to you. Is because, there really? Yeah, yeah I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah. I heard um, I heard her play it once or twice at a round, but I I didn't know that it was specifically about Sundays at Tour Stop. Well, that's what I really enjoy about Paige as an artist is that she wants to 
tell the truth and tell and tell her story uh, the way it happened. And so, yeah, we just kind of talk about what a typical night is there for for her and for everybody. And it was special. And we talk about Rose, who owned it the, at the time. The owner of the bar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was uh, an em- emotional right, just kind of talking about what it was like to Do you remember to go when there. you wrote that? Was it after it had closed? Yeah. Like just after it, it had it was closed? Ju- yeah, and, and she even did a video right outside of it um, before it was a dumpling house. Mm-hmm. It would be good to go do that same video right outside of the dumpling house. Now I'll tell her. <laughs> I remember seeing that YouTube video on it's on like the patio right yeah i do that's remember right. seeing that she's yep. playing that that beautiful blue gibson Ugh. yeah that's probably my favorite guitar i've of ever all seen time. <laughs> yeah i just got a guitar and don't tell my guitar but i think her guitar is my favorite <laughs> what guitar kind of guitar did seen. you get i got a gibson too you got yeah. a gibson as I well did. i did which model j45 j45 mm-hmm. that is a great guitar it's so great you have been playing that takamine for a long time man Yes, I, you really did do your research, or you just really know me so well. I by really now. know you, you so really well. You really do. We've known each other for quite some time. <laughs> I remember. I remember you quite well. I remember also playing in your band several times. Yes, you did play whiskey jam with me. Remember I, when we all were we all dressed in? I made you guys dress in Christmas outfits, and we played whiskey jam. Thank oh you. Oh my God, I do. Yeah, because I played with Ali Dunn yeah. and you the same week, and I played bass for. You, I think. <laughs> yes. And I played guitar for Allie. And Joe the, Bart played drums. Yep. And uh, we had. I played drums for you also once. I played the cajon for a showcase you did at Belcourt. Yes. And that was the night my cajon got stolen. Oh, no. Someone I don't know stole if I ever even cajon? told you that. Yeah, my dad built a cajon for me and I used it for your set and then someone stole it that night. <laughs> Whoever you are, if you're listening, you stole the c- cajon his dad made. So. You stole my cojones. You stole his <laughs> Um Yeah, that's so fun. That's such a fun memory playing. That's the only time I've ever played Whiskey Jam, by the way. I played Whiskey Jam one time as well. And I, I hate saying it, but it was like one of those uh, like pieces of flair of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like after I did it, I was like, awesome, I did it. And there, was not, there wasn't like a fire inside of me like I have to do that again. Yeah, I don't have to do it again either, but I would like to at some mm-hmm. point. It would be fun to play an outdoor one. That would be sweet. That'd be one cool. of those big parking lot ones. Yeah. Because they have some pretty epic lineups on those. Yeah. But uh, I also felt the same way about playing at the Bluebird. I did that once and I was like, okay. I've still never done that. Really? No. You could do it. Thanks. A guy that's got 30 cuts. <laughs> you could play at the Bluebird. Some things, it's so funny. There's certain things that I've still not done to this day and you see people doing them mm-hmm. around you or, or that you know or write with. And it's like, I don't even know the first step. I'm sure it's sending an email, typically. It's not my favorite I thing to do. I think that but. you have to, like, they have open auditions, and you have to go to the open auditions, and then they can choose to, like, I think it's called passing, when they, like, permit you to perform. Yeah. Like, and then there's, like, a whole process of, like, actually scheduling a show. But, yeah, I think you have to, like, literally audition. See, I love songwriting, but I'm not a huge fan of auditioning. No, <laughs> like I'm a songwriter. I'm an yeah. artist. This is not a game show. Yeah, <laughs> I know we I know we've glamorized game show television with music, but gosh, let me just play some music. I mean, I do love Family Feud, though, if we're talking <laughs> yeah. game shows. So what are some of the like, gosh, I can't even think of the correct thing. What are some of those like monu- monumental, like those milestone moments that you've had in Nashville that made you feel like you were making progress? Listening room which you booked me for my first listening mm-hmm. room show. Thank you. That's the one of two I've played. 
But that was one of those moments where you're sitting up there going, I've sat in this crowd so many times, and it's so cool to be up on, to the, be stage, on the stage playing for those people that were me at one point and will probably be me tomorrow watching a show there. So that's one of those moments that I'll always remember, and I've done it once since, but I'd love to play there more as well. How about uh, career markers you would like to accomplish in the future? They can either be you as the artist or uh, the songwriter. Yeah, Bluebird would be really cool. Um, since we just talked about it, I would love to play there at some point. Um, I'd love to play the Ryman. Can can we make that happen? Are you booking the Ryman anytime soon at Tour Stop? The, oddly enough, I do have the talent buyer's name. No way. And email because in 2019, I was driving for Lyft and I picked him up from the Ryman, and we were just talking, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, you work at the Ryman." He goes, "Yeah, I do." And I was like, "Cool, what do you do there?" He goes, oh, I'm actually one of the the like talent buyers. I book the people who play here. And I was like, oh, can I have your card? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not successful enough to do this. I book shows and I'm also not successful enough to book a show here, but maybe someday. And he goes, yeah, sure, man. If you can email me and actually sell tickets, you can. Which you can do, dude. You can send emails and you can sell tickets. So I don't see if why I you can sell 3000 tickets. I'll give him a call. Dude, you've had 3,000 people on the podcast before me. I think you can. <laughs> I think you can. It would be a pretty crazy day to get a book a show at the Ryman. Just remember Because Whiskey me. Jam did their 10 years there. I would like to do my nine years there. <laughs> Beat them by one year? Can you book me at the nine-year uh, Ryman show, please? Sure. Thank you. I'm yeah, just going to point so blank ask. I keep thinking about like all of the someday like fun stuff I would want to do. And I think still to this day, one of those monumental, like, career special moments was the Last Call Belcourt show, the 14-hour marathon. I wasn't there for that. How was that? You were out of town, I think? I don't, I don't know. I, I remember you played one of those last. I played the second to last The second week. to last yeah. one. Because it was, uh, there was no way that I could have everybody that I wanted to play. Because I think I booked 90 people in mm. those last four weeks, which is insanity. Crazy. But... We, oh gosh, it was, it was such a special day because everyone who was there had like, it was like the last day of high school Mm. because we all knew that it's like tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's going to be over. As we go on, we remember. (laughs) It was like one of those. And it was, it was sad. Yeah. And it, it went by in a flash, like it was 14 hours long, and somehow or another, it was just gone. And I remember like flash, like flashback moments where there was at one point where I was on stage performing, and we were running like 45 minutes late, which is the most Belcourt Taps thing of all time. And uh, what, the sound guy got sick, and he left, and some stranger came in and started subbing in, and he didn't know how Perfect. to line up an extra DI for a guitar it. or something. And it was just like, you this know what? This is what it's all about. <laughs> I was like, I was so mad. And then I had to remind myself, it was like, I'm mad that this is happening right now because I wanted it to go smoothly. But if everything went smoothly at that bar on that last day, it would not have felt like Belcourt. No. Uh, like, that night, we found a loose slice of pizza on the floor. Belcourt didn't serve pizza. Cheese or pepperoni? Pepperoni, actually. Yeah, of course. It was just a loose slice of pizza. And it was just like, yep, that that should be on the floor. Belcourt doesn't serve pizza. Yeah, yeah Belcourt. That is bizarre. But also that's Belcourt. Belcourt it, is just bizarre and random. And 
I can't even like everything kind of blends together at this point because mm-hmm. I was there so much. But there's just insane stories. I have a lot of videos. I have a video of a corn dog delivery to you on your birthday. That, that was Tori Grace yeah, delivered Tory, a corn dog to me on yeah. my birthday, which is now and a you birthday got, tradition. But so emotional, dude. I've she, never seen anybody more emotional than you in that, that moment. That was my 26th birthday. Yeah. Or 20, yeah, that was my 26th birthday at Belcourt. I had eaten at the sushi place next door, and I came back to Belcourt, and just, I had booked a writer's round of like the whole night of just my friends, which was great. And I was drinking so much and I couldn't get drunk because I had had so much sushi. It was just absorbing. And I was inflating like a water balloon, just rice and cheap beer and gin and tonic. Oh, God, I'm having like indigestion thinking thinking about about it. it. (laughs) (laughs) You just did. (laughs) Yep, that was one of those special moments. And she brought you a corn dog and you got so emotional. I've never seen anybody tear up like that since like. I watched the Titanic and you were just like in a, you were just in awe and it was probably the greatest birthday gift you ever received. I'd imagine. It probably is yeah. still to this day, one mm-hmm. of the best birthday gifts I've ever received mm-hmm. because I did not think it was coming. And then all of a sudden it was just, <gasps> yeah, surprise just pure bliss. <laughs> so let's talk about the future more. Uh, who are some of the artists you would want to write with? Like who are oh. those like, landmark artists, big successful people. If you got a big publishing deal, who would you want to write with? Wow, that is a great question. Can I be hokey? Yeah. I'm really happy with the people I write with now and I'm super <laughs> grateful for all them and I really feel like I'm writing with some of the future stars. You so are. I don't know if there's anybody I look at and go, I need to write with that person or I hope someday because I'm super proud of the people I write with and grateful for the people I'm writing with now. And that's the corniest thing I've ever said, speaking of corn dogs and speaking of the corniest things we've ever said. <laughs> um, but yeah, I believe that. I really, truly believe I'm writing with future stars. So as hokey as that is, I actually believe you. Yeah. There's so many people who would say corny stuff like that just to sound like humble. But mm-hmm. I actually believe that you mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean it. Thank you for that compliment. But yes, I do mean that. Would you rather be signed to a publishing deal or an artist deal or would you take either or? I would prefer a pub deal between the two. Okay. Um, and I do want a pub deal, but I want a pub deal with a publishing company that believes in me and I'm not going to chase it down because I want it to be a fit for me and for them and I want it to just work for everyone involved. But the way I'm going about it now as an independent writer creatively i'm very fulfilled so it's not something i need but i would love and you it. don't have to f- fit yourself into a box because right now you can literally work with anybody that you want to and create anything that you want to i can work with you i can work with phyllis i can you, work if with you want to write a song with my dog you can go for it i would love to i'll write register a song. her as a songwriter and you can give her credit perfect and she'll get checks once every six months for a penny phyllis would be the cutest songwriter i've ever written with <laughs> by far no offense to my previous co-writers but (laughs) phyllis would easily be the cutest co-writer i've ever had well tyler i don't want to cut you short because i know we could god we could talk for hours and i want to have you back on for sure but i would like to finish with one question sure one question and this doesn't have to be about the industry the music business whatever you've been here for five years now What are some of your favorite parts of Nashville that if somebody was coming here to spend time or is considering moving here, what are your favorite parts that you would recommend somebody check out? Restaurants, bars, venues, it can be 
anything in town that you specifically appreciate about Nashville? Okay. That's a great question. Can I be hokey again? Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to writer's rounds because I think that the future stars are there. And I do, I seriously do mean that. And everybody who has made it to a certain level that we all know and love was doing those at one point. So you go I mean, to Ryan writer's Morris rounds. And Luke Combs and Brothers yes. Osborne were playing Belcourt Taps. So you go to those and you go, holy moly, those are incredible, talented artists. And I got to see them before they were huge. So mm-hmm. go to Sonny's in Germantown. I think that's a really popping place right now, a place where things are happening. Alex is doing sound there who, uh, you know, is doing sound for this podcast. Come to a tour stop show. Go to a tour stop show. I mean, that felt like something you would cover, but yeah, (laughs) go to a tour stop show. Tour stop is booking incredible talent, myself included. Um, I'd like to think I'm, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm all right. No, I'm nowhere near the talent level that uh, Aaron is booking normally, but I will get in there sometimes and play. And there's some awesome acts. So just go to the local, go to... Um, R.I.P. Belcourt, you can't go there anymore. Go to Sonny's and go to all the cool uh, Riders Around venues. Listing room, they're a little more established, but still, you get some uh, some great acts. Yep. Do you have any favorite restaurants you like to eat at here in town? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say the Belcourt Dumpling House. um, Really? Will become my favorite if I I go there. Because I do love dumplings. I'm just a little like... I'm not sure how I feel because I feel like that's hollowed ground that they're on right it now. It is hollowed ground, and I think it would probably still taste a little bit like the uh, <laughs> the old kitchen there. Is it? Yeah. They, they had a cook who used to make me something called diabetes salad, and it was a base of chicken nuggets, and then he would put french fries and chili cheese on top. Oh, my God. And then he would put, like, actual, like, nacho toppings. And I would, I would just eat that and like, no wonder I gained so much weight. <laughs> it's like I'm eating something he called diabetes salad. It oh, was awesome. It yeah. Was, it was amazing. Well, McDougal's next door is not there anymore, but that, that place burned was down under suspicious circumstances. Yeah, didn't it? it? It burnt down a week before its lease was supposed to be yeah. up. I'm like, Sounds, mm. smells a little bit like arson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all my favorite places are, are either burnt down or gone. That's a Nashville thing, though. So mm-hmm. I would say um, enjoy places while they're here because there'll be a new uh, famous country singer bar and grill where that once was very soon. So <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> well, hopefully someday we'll have the Tyler Bank bar and grill. Oh, well done. We'll have that. You we'll are have a natural. That. We'll put it in central Jersey. I'll take it. <laughs> Well, Tyler, can you give us your plugs? Tell our listeners where they can find your music, where they can find maybe uh, if you have a playlist of cuts you've gotten, where people can connect with you online. You can find me um, at Tyler Bank Music everywhere. So that's my socials. But then as far as my music, it's under Tyler Bank. But I have a playlist called The Song Bank because I love puns and it's, <laughs> yes, got all my, <laughs> it's got all my cuts and you can check them out there and there'll be more to come soon. And uh, that's probably the best place to go. And I have a website now, mm-hmm. uh, TylerBankMusic.com. Go Hell check yeah. it out. And last but not least, would you tell us some of the cuts that you do have coming out one more time? Remind our listeners. Yeah. Um, I have a cut with Adam Sickler coming out soon that I'm really uh, proud of. Um, I have a cut with Maggie Baugh coming out soon. And then I've got a bunch more on her 
Maggie Bow will be on an episode here in just a few weeks. So if, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, stay tuned. We'll have an episode with Maggie as well. Yeah, Maggie's got her debut album coming out. So I've got a few songs on that, which I'm thrilled about. And I've got the, the, the title track on her album. But she's just an awesome artist who will be one of those artists you, you go someday. I saw her back She at, rips on the guitar. Oh, man. yeah. And wow. fiddle. She's incredible. So um, those are kind of some of the, the big ones I got coming up and I'm, I'm excited about. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Tyler, thank you for coming on the podcast today. We'll have you back, and we'll we'll split a six-pack and see what happens. I would love that. <laughs> Make sure it's yingling. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. My name is Aaron Schilb, and I'm the host of the Nashville Tour Stop. You can follow us on our social media platforms at Nashville Tour Stop, or you can find us on the web at NashvilleTourStop.com. If you go there, you can find our full live event calendar Remember to subscribe to our email list, subscribe to our podcast here, leave us a five-star review. There's some really exciting stuff that I can't talk about, and I know I've teased it for months, but I can't talk about it quite yet. But if you're listening to this in 2027, you know what's happened. You're there. (laughs) But until then, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Nashville Tour Tour Stop. Stop. (laughs) Yeah!